you're listening to the Pink Medicine Podcast, and I'm your host, Lauren Plunkett. In each episode, I share with you the most amazing and inspiring voices from around the world, sharing with us their thoughts, knowledge, and teachings through thought-provoking conversations. So are you ready to grow, to learn, and to transform into the most amazing version of yourself? Then settle in and let's enjoy this week's show. Hello and welcome back for episode 19. I hope you've all had a good week. So many of you really enjoyed last week's episode, episode 18 with Vicky Clothier. I had so many comments and wonderful feedback and yeah, Vicky is amazing and I agree. I love that episode too and I might try and source out a few more guests like that who can chat with us a bit more about business and entrepreneurship. So yeah, I'm really, really glad that you guys loved it as much as I did and I have another amazing guest on this week's show. I had the pleasure and absolute honor of being able to catch up with the very, very gifted Kayle O'Donnell. With over 200,000 followers on TikTok, Kayle is fast becoming one of Australia's most popular psychic mediums. And on today's show, we discuss Kayle's journey to where he's at now and doing amazing readings for people. He shares with us his three tips for connecting with our spirit guides, how to develop our psychic abilities. We talk about avoiding psychic burnout or burnout as a light worker. So for any of my healers or energy worker friends out there listening, this episode is for you. And we discuss so much more. So this is a great episode. I loved this episode and I cannot wait for you to hear it. So let's dive on into today's chat with the very gifted and talented Kayle O'Donnell. Today on the show, I have the extraordinarily gifted Kayle O'Donnell. Kayle is one of the most popular psychic mediums online right now with almost 200,000 followers on TikTok. He shares daily with his online community tips on how to enhance and better understand our psychic abilities and spirituality. And on today's show, he is going to share with us how we can better understand mediumship and grow and develop our own inner abilities. So, Kale, thank you so much for jumping on the show with me. Hello, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. And hello, everyone listening to the Pink Medicine podcast today. <laughs> oh, we're going to have so much fun. I love your awesome. energy as well. So I think we're just going to have a blast. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> So to start off with, can you share with us, how did your journey becoming a psychic and a medium, how did that begin for you? Well, it's actually quite an interesting story because I never thought that I would ever be uh, a psychic medium because I was raised in a quite a conservative home. I was raised in a Christian home. My father was the pastor of a church, not a big church, just a small church of some old people, but uh, a church um, in and of itself. And I kind of went along the way of becoming a Christian and I was a Christian for a long time. And that's kind of where I knew that I had a little bit of a gift because I was known in the church to be uh, the, the church's prophet. Uh, and if you know anything about the church, a prophet is someone who gets messages from God and delivers them and helps people, you know, progress in their life. But I, I knew that it, it was kind of interesting and different because I wondered why the energy that I was hearing from or uh, the, the voices that I was hearing from changed from male 
then they went female, then they went male. And I thought, well, does God change his gender every other week? Or, you know, why does he just change from male to female, male to female? And so I, w- I left it on the back burner, but I continued to deliver messages. But the long story short is that I realized that Christianity wasn't for me and it wasn't what I wanted to see the world as. I found it very limited in my view and it didn't, it didn't want me either because I identify in the LGBTQ plus community. And so I wanted to stay and I wanted to work on it, but I felt like that and many other things was just not embracing me. So I decided to drift away from it. I actually got kind of uh, salty about Christianity and uh, that kind of uh, launched me onto the video sharing app TikTok. Uh, And that's where a lot of my followers actually was accumulated in November of 2019 when I started doing videos that were very, uh, very logical, very, uh, very, what I would say, trying to challenge religion and Christianity and not just, but uh, Islam and other religions uh, that I felt had some messages that just weren't progressing our society forward or how I felt that we can progress forward holding on to misogynistic views and and homophobic views and so from there I started making videos and people started to really like that challenging but then I noticed that I uh, just like we are today I started my own little podcast that didn't last very long um, but it was called Why Believe Um, and I started interviewing spiritual people I started interviewing I had an episode where there was a Christian and a porn star on the same episode I had (laughs) I had I I wanted to make uh, some drama so I, I got the two opposites. I got, you know, a, a Christian woman and a witch together. I just wanted to get people just having this discussion. I didn't really want to, I, I say that I wanted to create drama, but I really wanted to just create discussion because I myself was going through a process. And then I realized as we got into 2020 uh, this year that I felt that there was more and I wanted to do more. I wanted to embrace more. I didn't want to just have a dry cut life of just, I'm going to die and that's it. Or that there's just me and that's it. And I felt really bored and I felt really dry and I felt not myself. And so from there, I started to get this inkling inside of me of, you know, remember, Remember when you were a prophet and you had that gift, you know, what if that could still be there? What if it's still hiding inside of you somewhere? And I started to think more along the Buddhist side. And then I came back to my Aboriginal heritage, going to spirituality. And that's where I discovered that uh, I want to welcome that gift back or try that gift again. And so I tried it out actually one day on TikTok live, would you believe? And I just decided to pick some random viewer and I said, I'm just going to try reading. And it was spot on. It was everything that they, they, they knew exactly what I was talking about. And from there it escalated really quickly. I mean, mind you, this was just early or late uh, July. So it's not long ago that I actually started doing mediumship and from there I launched a website and uh, drove traffic to the website and from there uh, I've just been having session after session after session with people and uh, developing myself online going to workshops myself as well even just yes uh, on Sunday there was a workshop uh, that I attended with uh, Lindy Dunstan if anyone knows her quite a popular medium in Australia Um, and just developed from there. And that's where I knew that I felt at home with the gifting and I felt at home with, uh, it all made sense as why it was masculine and feminine and all made sense as to where I'm supposed to be. And I don't really identify as any 
uh, major religion or spirituality now, I would just say um, that I'm open and I'll just go with the flow. But that's how I basically started in mediumship. What a journey. And like, it's just, honestly, I think the word to use is you were really catapulted, weren't you? You kind of went from here to there <laughs> so quickly. <laughs> and I have, yes, yeah, definitely. I've seen you, you do on your Instagram and your stories, you do little snippets of readings with clients and, oh, it just, it, you are a natural and you are so gifted. <laughs> you could have been doing this forever. <laughs> Amazing. It helped being a counsellor for six years as well. So it's probably more the counselling skills that comes through when people watch mm. as opposed to the psychic gifts. <laughs> so when you um, stepped into this, I guess, identity of putting yourself out there as a medium and doing these readings, what was that like coming out of the spiritual closet? Because, you know, if, if you're not surrounded by people who aren't spiritual people themselves were you afraid of judgment or people not understanding the work you were doing like how what was that like for you yes I was actually well the first inkling that I got was that I was scared and I felt like because I still had the kind of Christian stain on my brain about oh I'm going into the devil's playground which anyone can relate if you've been a Christian you understand that psychic uh, powers and mediumship and things like that is not the thing that you should be doing and not something that you should seek so for me I thought that oh now I've done it myself in now I'm just totally in, in darkness and I thought that I was you know the devil's child or something <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I was, that's the first inkling I got I thought I was scared um, and then after that I felt like you you just said you really hit the nail on the head I felt a little bit lonely because I thought well I'm not one of those hippies that run around with crystals swaying on my neck but I wasn't one of those atheists as well. So I'm like, where do I fit anymore? Like, I want to be spiritual, but I don't want to be rocking back and forth on the hill, humming to God knows what. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so for me, I didn't know what I was. I didn't know where I fit. And so I was kind of just like, yeah, kind of a little bit afraid of judgment as well from my professional relationships that I've made in working in mental health as well. I have them on Facebook. I have them on social media. So for them to see that I'm doing mediumship, I felt like I was going to be dragged into the, the doctor's office or something, you know, when I walk into work the next day or something when I was starting out. But I did get supports. There are some friends that are always going to be my friends, but are definitely skeptics and mm. not uh, at all convinced. But I'm not here to convince them. I'm here to serve spirit. So... Mm -hmm. I think sometimes just, um, I don't know if you agree, but I feel like, you know, I'm a very spiritual person myself. And when I have friends who maybe I was friends with from school, who maybe I wasn't as spiritual back in school, but, and when I share about what I'm doing now, it's almost like it triggers them. Sometimes I feel like, you know, talking about yeah. spirits or, you know, like meditating or things like that, really connecting on a deeper level <laughs> to something else yeah. can really trigger people or scare people. You know, I think just, I don't know. Sometimes it's, I get yeah. that response. I don't know. And that's, yeah. And I think sometimes that's where the judgment comes from because it actually affects them. Like it hits a nerve or something with them. Yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah. I can definitely see that happening. Um, a lot of them actually operate from that fear because they're afraid of, you know, talking to dead people, talking to spirits and things like that. They come mm. from fear. But I, I do see that I've had, I have this one friend that I know they're very logical, intellectual, they're very science-based. But I have 
seen them as I've posted all the time on Instagram, like you mentioned, they never used to like any of my content. They never, they just follow me. That's all. Mm -hmm. Then recently I've noticed, you know, in the last two months, they follow, they start liking stuff. And then I would, I actually uh, went to a, like I said, last Sunday, I went to this workshop and I channeled their best friend that actually came through. And all this information, I told them, I said, you know, they, they don't know you. They had all this information and they were receptive to it and they are definitely not that kind of person. So I could see a little bit of changes happening there for some people as well. Um, just by, mm. if you share people listening, like if you share your beliefs and spirituality, even though you have the toughest hearts out there that really don't embrace it, um, over time, it's kind of just like they soak in your truth and they soak mm. in your beliefs and they start to see it and it melts their heart to be receptive to, um, you know what, maybe there is a little bit of magic there and I'll, I'll take what I get and go mm. with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I can relate to that too. You know, there's been, I've had people around me who have just kind of like, Oh no, I don't, I don't want to talk about that sort of stuff. But then you have other people like my, um, my husband, his Nana, I never knew she was a spiritual person, but like, now that she knows that I'm, I like to have those conversations and I'm really into <laughs> that sort of area in life. Yeah. Um, she actually openly shares more about that side of herself as well. And it just, I think, yeah, like you said, by being brave and actually being okay with who you are and what you like and, and what your own gifts or abilities or your own path, other people are just going to see that and yeah, like you said, yeah. take a bit of that magic as well and, and bring that into their own lives and, and be feel safe to share as well. So could you share with us your top tips for communicating with our spirit guides? Yes, my top tips. Well, I would say that uh, my top tips for connecting with a spirit guide is to first begin not being afraid because a lot of people when I work with them in my sessions is that they feel that it's some hovering entity that floats somewhere in the ether that sometimes cares about their life and comes down and helps them. But I feel like we can see spirit guides more as take the spirit out of it and just say that they're a guide you know that they are they can't they they are here to guide you and so the way that i would encourage someone to contact their spirit guide is to first realize what you want from your spirit guide what is the intention that you're setting what do you want from them because the spirit world is very intentional and very i describe it as it's a, a world of opportunities, but you have to know how to communicate and be specific with what you really want and, and why you want it. There's an intention there. So if it's just to contact a spirit guide for the sake of not being alone anymore and feeling, voice it and just ask your guide to show you that in other ways. People think that they're going to have a guide that just hovers above and, and lands in their lounge room or something and cracks open a beer and chats with them. But really a spirit guide is actually going to talk through the world. Spirit guides talk through people, spirit guides talk through our opportunities. So for example, I know my spirit guide is fond of using the back of public buses to put advertisement on them, to speak messages to me and bring me to understand a guidance in my life. So you'll start to realize if you start to know how to navigate your guides, a lot of people need to understand that guides also want to take requests. So how did I get that message on the bus? Intention. I asked my guide to swap 
numbers. So people know uh, or may have heard of angel numbers. So have you ever woken up at 333 or have you ever seen 1111? I used to get those numbers all the time until I learned some intentions and said, hey, look, spirit guide, those numbers don't work for me. Can you change that to advertisement on the back of public buses? put an ad on the back and let it speak to me. And the first day it actually happened was I was driving behind a bus and a real estate ad was on the back. And I was asking my guide for a long time, should I move next year in 2020? Where should I move? Should I move? And on the back of the bus, it was a real estate ad that says, are you moving next year? Question mark. And I knew that my guide had put that ad there because I asked my guide, I want you to use the back of buses. So I got creative. I got innovative. I, uh, they know the world just as much as you do. Um, so put your request out there. I would say my, my top tips would first begin with intention. Uh, the second is to be innovative uh, with your requests. So ask what you want and be brave to ask it. So I asked for a bus advertisement. I got a bus advertisement. So ask your guide to show you those things. And also the third, the third would be to realize that they are closer than you think. They could be your mum. They could be your uncle Joe. They could be your nana, or they could just be in your ancestry. So realize that they're not just some hovering guide that's just this being that we don't understand and don't know. Sometimes they are actually a family member. And so treat them as if they are family, because a lot of the times uh, our guides met us at our first breath and they will see us at our last breath. So they know us our entire lifespan. So they know you, they know every tick, they know every habit better than you even know yourself, but they come from a place of, of pure love. That's how I summarize it. So don't be afraid, be intentional, be innovative and to personalize it. Feel mm. as if it's actually someone you do know. Mm-hmm. And yes, I only that last tip. I only just found that I did. I actually had a past life reading with um, a guest I had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, Kasha Burke, and she explained to me how my husband is, in actual fact, one of my Earth guides. She called them, you know. And we've got oh, like cool. a soul contract yeah. and things. And it's like you know, that's that's a thing. You know, it can be that. people in our lives. You know, like you said, our our, our mother or um, a friend or you know these these guides just pop in as close people in our actual earth life, like our human lives and just being clear, isn't it? You know, setting that intention and being really clear <laughs> with, with what you yeah. want from your guys. That yeah. Amazing advice. A lot of people I know would be really interested in understanding how they can better, I guess, exercise or develop their own psychic abilities because, you know, every, mm. I don't think people realize that, we all, we all do have psychic abilities. It's just, you know, whether we're using them or tapping into them. So what would be your tips for strengthening those abilities more? Yeah. Well, one little exercise people are listening today. Um, if you're watching a repeat, uh, let's say that you put on, let's say you just want to watch Mean Girls again, or you want to watch, you know, Devil Wears Prada again. Watch it again. But this time I want you to look, focus on one of the main characters. And I don't want you to look at anything else apart from just looking at them throughout the thing. And I want you to write down, just enjoy the movie as you go, but just write down on notepad things that you feel you know about not the uh, not the character but the actor that you may get a name you may get uh, a, a town they were born you may get that they have three children you may get that this just enjoy that and then go to imdb not sponsored or go to google and i want you to look up the actor and i want you to see how correct you were 
that's a little exercise to see if you can actually, if you have, and, and what that is, is you're operating in the psychic. So if you want to understand what that is, that's not mediumship, that's the psychic power there. And see if you can actually know as much about Anne Hathaway than, than you know. So perhaps you, you know that she had a son, but you never knew that. And you wrote it down. Or maybe you realized that she was raised um, in Texas, but now lives in New York. So see how many things you get correct. And that can be an exercise that's very easy to do. It's not a lot of woo-woo. It's something that can come quite naturally. And see if you can use your natural psychic muscle there. And it's a little fun activity you can share with your partner on the couch and say, look, I just guessed three things that were correct about Anne Hathaway that I never knew. So that's a little exercise you can do that uh, we we often do uh, just as a little training for people who are just beginning out that you can do tonight. <laughs> I love that so much. I'm going to go to the next time I watch a movie, I'm doing that. I love it. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned in there the difference that, that there's a difference between mediumship and psychic abilities. So the psychic abilities uh, are the information that you're receiving from perhaps a guide or you're receiving it from the psychic field. So psychic is the ability to receive information that you're not really receiving from a loved one. So mediumship, uh, a medium is a person who has giftings that could be very similar to a psychic, like clairvoyance. So the ability to see into spirit or clairsentience, the ability to feel spirit, which is a gifting that I feel you operate in because you feel certain things. So that's a gifting that mediumship mediums can have as well. So mediumship, if you can explain it like this, they are the ones that are talking to your loved one in spirit. So they're the ones that are getting information about your loved one. They know passing uh, conditions they know information like that but psychics are the ones that are operating with the psychic field that can uh, often feel as if they can tell you of things to come so where your vibrations are going out and your frequencies are going out what you are welcoming into your life what you are what is in line with you so some people ask well i went to a psychic once and they told me this but then i went to the next one and then they told me this but it's been eight years that have passed and it says well your frequencies have probably changed to actually channel uh, something else into your life mm -hmm. uh, you used to channel uh, one child but now your frequency has changed and you've brought into a lot of conversations to put them into the universe that you want to be a, a real parent now in the next reading you might say another child is coming <laughs> because you've, you've put a frequency out into the universe so how i separate it is some psychics they don't contact loved ones they have nothing to do they don't have any, any information about a loved one in spirit they don't know anything about anyone who has died in your life some mediums don't have psychic abilities they don't know what's what's in store for 2021 for you they don't know information of where you grew up they only know about the loved one that's in spirit. But if you are what I am and what other people are, a psychic medium, it's the ability of where I can contact a loved one. And then at the end of the session, I do a little spin uh, and can use psychic abilities to know information and secrets that nobody ever knows. So I might know the town you grew up in. I might know your brother's name, or I might know things about your partner that only you, you and him talk about. So, uh, and that only happens in sessions and spirit will only reveal what is important for that session. So it's not just spread open where everyone can know all this secret information. It is specifically what spirit pulls and says, this is going to be relevant and valid for the session. And they reveal it so that it shares. So that's another one question that I get from a lot of people is, do you know everything? Do you know all the secrets and everything behind it? It's like, no, you only know what's valid in that session so that you can validate to that person. Mm. There is a bit of a difference. Mm, there yeah. Oh, thanks for that up. as well. 
I guess after you explained that, I really didn't know <laughs> those differences and yeah, mm. they are quite, quite big. Yeah. I've seen you again in your stories when you're doing readings for people talk about being able to see them sometimes. Like you might say, you know, oh, they're standing behind you. How does that come through for you? Is that sort of through your mind's eye or how does that work? It's so interesting actually, because people are, so often people will realize in the readings that why doesn't he ever look at me? Why does he, he doesn't really do a lot of eye contact. You'll notice that on my lives. So how I describe it to people is that I often, often look into the left. So clairvoyance for me happens through my left eye. So my clairvoyance is the ability to see into spirit. What that means is that I have a feeling as if a daydream is slowly coming into my mind. So I want you guys to maybe let's do a little exercise to close your eyes right now and just imagine your kitchen. Just look at your kitchen and, and have a look where your oven is. So you can see your oven is right there. You can see your microwave. It's just right there. Then you can see what kind of flooring you're standing on. So see what's happening right now. You can definitely picture what your kitchen looks like. You can picture what the lighting is. Now open your eyes. And that is what clairvoyance feels like. Imagination. Mm. The ability to see things, but it's constantly happening for me. So I can, I can say, oh, I'm in your house right now. There's a hallway, isn't there? And before you get to the hallway, there's a master bedroom that has uh, a, a frame on the side door, doesn't it? Yeah, it does actually. Uh, I can walk in and, and there's an ensuite that actually is painted pink. I don't know why it's painted pink. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. So that is clairvoyance, being able to see into the world and see into the psychic space, but also into the medium space. So that's how I describe to people. It's the easiest way to describe it is when you, when you just saw your kitchen right now, that's how it feels. So it's not this spirit just appears before me and I can see it. I see it in a very faint daydream imagination and it gives me that information. And then I look to my right to get my psychic information. So often people say, and then now you're looking the other way. So I look over to that side and I get my psychic information where I see, oh my God, I see that you are actually going to be working in nursing next year because I see a graduation happening. Oh yeah, I'm studying nursing. Oh, okay, great. Because I see a nurse's uniform on my right hand side. So that happens through my right eye. So that's kind of, it's very different for everyone, but I can only describe it as my left eye is for the loved ones who have passed. The right eye is for the psychic abilities to share things that people need to know for going into 2021 or validation about things that they uh, need to know, you know, 12 mm -hmm. months from now. So that's how I see into spirit. As people notice on my live, sometimes I'll, I'll be startled that I'll see a spirit come through. It's because in my mind's eye, I can feel an energy and also see it in spirit come into the room. Uh, it's all in my mind that I can see it happening and then I can validate it to somebody saying, yes, they're running so fast because that's my little brother. He passed away when he was young. And that's why the spirit moved in really quickly and is really short and a little boy. So that's how I see things. It's, it, it operates. But sometimes I don't always get it. Uh, sometimes in sessions, it's it's just the clear cognizance. Clear cognizance is the ability just to know a piece mm -hmm. of information and just share it. So I don't actually see spirit in some sessions. It's just depending on how spirit wants to reveal themselves to me. Yeah, it's really interesting because when I'm in the Akashic Records, I find that loved ones, relatives come through on my left side as well. So it's really interesting. Oh, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> It's so, interesting because I haven't actually validated that with another practitioner before. So that's really awesome. 
Yeah, it could be just coincidence, or maybe I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Can you give us your tips for anyone else listening out there who is an energy worker or psychic mediumship? What are your tips for being able to shut down from energy after a session? Mm, yeah, I think that it's really important to first understand that. Let's take the woo-woo out of it first. Let's just take all the spiritual w- spirituality of it out. I just want to have the person, the practitioner sit in their own ability to say that no matter how the session went, whether you felt that it was a blast, it was amazing, or whether it was so-so, or whether it was just terrible. Because I've had all three kinds of sessions and I've validated all three kinds of sessions have happened in my career so far. And I can say that, but I need people to know who are light workers that are intuitives to know that you are enough for what you are doing, that you are validated to know that you put in the effort and the time and to know that as you end the session, that you don't need to to give too much of your time and too much of your mind to clients. I had a very wise client once tell me, I knew that they were intuitive, but they waited until the end. And they actually looked me in the eyes and they said, Kale, don't let them behind that inner curtain because I can see you're allowing them to, when you shut off with all the people that see you and follow you every day, you let them pass that little curtain of yours. Don't let them pass the inner curtain. That's sacred and that's you. So I, I want to pass that knowledge on that I didn't make that up. That was a client told me that all of us as lightworkers have a sacred part of us. And there is a curtain that maybe we share with our partner. Maybe we share with our closest and dearest. Never, and I mean this in the most respectful way, never let a client into the innermost part of yourself and the sacred part to know that you keep them at arm's length. They are paying you to do an energy exchange. And then when the energy exchange has been completed, it needs to end there. So I've had professional mediums that have been going for many years, more than me, come to me sometimes and wonder why uh, they're so drained. But then they tell me that at the end of the session, they've promised the client that they're going to follow up with all of this work. I'm, I'll send you this through email and I'll send you that. Then they get lost with, oh, I thought I was going to send you this link. And then I thought I was going to send you this video I found on YouTube. And they give too much. They undervalue and they over provide more than what they are ready to do. Then they feel exhausted and they're really ready. At, they're ready to burn out really. So I would encourage, how do I disconnect from spirit? How can I, how can I leave? Do you have a ritual to actually end? Do you have a ritual to start? Do you have a ritual to end your sessions off to actually thank spirit and the universe for interacting and for providing, for being, using you as a vessel to bring love into the world? Do you have a ritual to say, I'm closing off from spirit. I thank spirit for using me today for these purposes. I now end and I close off um, and any low vibration energies that have uh, thought that they might come through or were attached to that person. I shift them now, ask them to leave and I, welcome back my ancestors, my high vibrations. And I maybe do a little jiggle to Spotify at the end of my session and just shake, shake, shake it off, put Taylor Swift songs, shake it off. And I shake off all the negative energy because there are some clients that I would say that they are in really negative spots in their life. And I do feel really 
I feel really kind of icky after the session. So I got to shake it off. I got to dance it off and come back to my mm-hmm. vibration, come back to my energy, come back to who I am as a person. So it's important you as a person to remember that you can only give so much and remember your value. Remember where the price stops because you charged a price for a particular work. The work that you charged was for an energy exchange. It wasn't to be their best friend. It wasn't to be liked forever. It wasn't to be that you did a professional work like a therapist. You did an energy exchange and you need to know where your work stops and where you can let go and, uh, and move on to what's next in the day or who the next client is. Mm-hmm. Um, that was amazing, especially the little jig doing it, doing a little boogie. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah. I always do that. I have a dance after it. I dance with my cats and I just say, Thanks universe for using me. Now I just shake off all that energy that maybe that person's uh, was attached to them, but it's going to be gone soon because I send them love and light, but Mm -hmm. I just shake it off me because I'm ready to go into the next session. And that person's paid me. I don't know how much money you guys charge, but they've paid me this money. I want to be my 110% for this person. And so Mm -hmm. I want to shake off the last session, just put it behind you, put it to your guides, put it to the stars and go into the next session, give it yourself 110% and let yourself off the hook at the end of the day and know that you're only human and that the universe has a lot of grace. You can never make a mistake. You only learn. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it so much. And yeah, again, that intention is coming back, isn't it? You've just got to set that intention, cut the cords, done. Definitely. Yeah, some people are afraid to do that because they, they don't see their value in themselves they might feel like oh they might still even after the session was that worth two hundred dollars well it was because you did an energy exchange so now you need to let go mm-hmm. know that you did your value and let go mm-hmm. so yeah it's sitting with that value of self and the value of what you bring sometimes you need people around you colleagues in the industry around you to support you to back you so that's something we we're talking about earlier having mm-hmm. people around you that can validate that you are worth what you charge or what you do because when somebody when the credit card details go through when the paypal uh, goes through they've accepted your value right at that moment so Mm -hmm. uh, that's where it happens not after the session it's at the beginning of the session where you are valued when the credit card goes through Mm. yes and i had a guest on the show last week and we were talking about putting a um, a price on what we do and self-worth and you're bringing that back up again i think it's really important even if you're not charging money for energy work if whatever you're doing you know being able to say look you know this is an exchange i mean whether you're baking someone cookies and oh my god yes, <laughs> and like exactly. you know it's the same thing money is energy like you're saying you know it's that transaction yeah. and you've just got to exactly what you just said i think it can be applied to anyone's kind of work as well it doesn't just have to be energy workers light workers does it mm. No, exactly. Once you've baked them a piece of bread, once you've baked them the bread, don't go down to Woolies and get them the jam and the butter and I'll promise to get you this and the knife and that. If you've promised and they've paid for the bread, let them walk away with the bread. You know, the baker Mm -hmm. doesn't go and provide you jam and and butter to butter it. (laughs) I love it. It's perfect. You put that perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) I know you've got Indigenous heritage and... I know that you did grow up being more Christian, but as you've gotten older and, and you, I feel like you've just kind of come into this awakening, you're sort of stepping into this identity. Are you bringing in some of your indigenous, you know, your ancestry into what you do? What does that look like for you now? Yes. Well, I actually do because I noticed that with my Aboriginal heritage, we rely a lot on the ancestors and we rely 
a lot on the earth. So it's a very mm. earthy kind of spirituality. A lot of Aboriginal cultures, for those who are in Australia, uh, we have closed spirituality. So a closed spirituality is where uh, you can't just join. You actually have to be born into that spirituality you can't actually practice it or there's these beliefs that if you do practice it there are consequences spiritually for you so it is very closed off those are very endemic to a lot of uh, indigenous spiritualities around the world america uh, everywhere you go papua new guinea so for me i felt like i had a home to go to i wasn't borrowing a spirituality or a religion of my parents and the religion of their parents and and just you know the religion of the people who came to this country uh, so for me i came back to my roots and i came back to my blood and i felt very ex very embraced and accepted so there's a lot of spirituality that i use that is very practical so we're talking about dancing before in our in our spirituality and in our culture dancing is actually very powerful and very uh, important uh, in our uh, in our spirituality so i use that to raise a vibe to raise energy i can only describe it in and in, in how uh, people would understand it uh, these days is to use dance for many different things dance to express thanks and sorrow and, and, and sadness. So for me, uh, in this work and in my own life, how I use my spirituality is to, if I need to clear energy, we, it's very common to do like a smoking ceremony, which would what people might call a smudging. So I use that to clear energy, to clear my space, but I also use it for things like painting body and just presenting myself, um, one of them as well. All of this is very private things, these things you would never do in front of people. So I can say that these things happen behind closed doors, but it's not something that you do in public unless it's with other people in your own spirituality or culture. So we don't just do it for fun. It's not a performance. It's, it's something that we do on our own. So for me, yes, I would say that I use my Aboriginal spirituality, but it's not a religion where you must do it. You must, you must have it in a certain way. You must read this or you must do that. For me, it's just keeping that openness to the world. But I have, would, I would say it's kind of really odd, but I would take it from a guy in America or he's in Hawaii, Uni Agape, which just me speaking his name is probably going to know that I said it because he's gone. I've said his name on TikTok lives and he jumps on. So it's kind of, here's his, he's, here's his name ringing, you know, somewhere. So for him, I learned a lot from him. He's my age, but he actually is so open and he worships just or not worships but we just honor the whole universe so if like it's amazing that he says that he would even you know if there is like a christian god or something he just says i just add that to the mix of all the energies that i just thank for this whole world and i love how he just embraces every energy and i don't mean to frighten anyone but it's as if he also understands like darker energies that we were that we can know in this world some people call them spirits or whatever he says that they are just needing more love to raise their vibe and he just has this compassionate heart that nothing will will be uh, rejected from him everything mm -hmm. in this universe is embraced and i want to pursue that spirituality mm -hmm. more i don't know why there's a calling in my heart to to love all energy uh because all energy is just at different levels so it's kind of an odd and weird thing to do but recently i've been no noticing that just embracing any if there is any and or higher beings or powers or gods i don't reject any of it i just embrace all powers and just spread and shed love and thank them for thank them for 
joining me and being with me in this universe mm-hmm. and allowing me to be here. So I, I feel like it's a lot broader than my own ancestors. My ancestors mm-hmm. probably don't even know uh, about what Christianity is. They probably don't even know what, who a Jesus is. It's, uh, it's always ever evolving, but I, I like to pull bits of every mm-hmm. kind of spirituality. But I, I would say that Aboriginality or the Indigenous side is something that I still mm-hmm. uh, practice or put into yeah, my life. and connect to. And I think when you do this kind of work yeah. as well, energy work, I think you very quickly realise that it doesn't matter what culture you're from. It doesn't matter what country you're from, that we're all just so connected and yeah, and I love how you how you put it, how you're really just grabbing parts of different, you know, your own your own culture and your own ancestors, as well as the beautiful things that your friends doing, you know, and, and just adopting that into your own version of spirituality and your own beliefs. And I think I think that's just I think yeah. but yeah, I think it's becoming more and more prevalent in in spirituality these days as well people were really just redesigning and reconfiguring what that actually looks like because it's so yeah. individual isn't it mm. i never heard of it before when i because i said about that podcast that i have instead now i don't do it but when i interviewed that man what are demons what are these things what are those things you know how do you navigate them and he had the most compassionate face i was like what why is he looking at that and he said they are traumatized spirits and any any person who has made a crime on this earth when they pass he says everyone needs to be washed with the water of love and i will be there to wash their feet with the water of love even demons even spirits i will love everything i'm like that just made me like Mm -hmm. oh my god because he says i'm not afraid they're just traumatized spirits that just need love Mm -hmm. and i will be there to wash their feet with the water of love and i'm like oh my god i've never heard a human being ever say that and i'm like I want that. That was the true love. I said, wow, you love everything. He's like, everything. And I was like, I need that. And he's only my age. I'm like, who has wow. been your trainer? Who has been your mentor? Yeah. Um, and it and made me, my fear just dropped at that moment. So now I'm not afraid of spirits because I know, and I'm educated now on that perspective that I just send love now mm-hmm. um, to, to that and understand it from that point. And I just have no fear of the spiritual world at all from no. that moment that I heard him say that. And I was like, wow, I want that spirituality. However I get it, however I mix it all together, I want what that is because that's deep in my heart to mm-hmm. be like that. Yeah. And I, I very much resonate with that as well. I think I was listening to, I don't know if you've heard of it, Elizabeth April. No, so she has a very similar outtake on it. She always talks about how if you're ever faced with any dark energies, you can transmute it with love. Yeah. It's as easy as that. Just send it love, transmute it with that frequency of love. That's all you need to do. And because, you know, at the end of that, and you would know this by feeding, like by being in fear, you're feeding that dark energy. If you're living yeah. in fear and, and being scared, that's just feeding these dark energies. You just need to just just love, be love, show love. Yeah. And I know sometimes people, I know. And sometimes people might think, oh, you're just, you know, bouncing on a cloud and love, love, love. And you're just so fluffy. But for me, there is a lot of, well, what more will it come back at? Mm -hmm. If you just say, I love you and go well. And whatever happened to you, I just wish you all the best. And here is my love. Even the bully in the school, if someone's talking, if someone's Mm -hmm. listening here or the bully at work, what more are they going to come back at if you love them? Yeah. You know, they can't come back with anything. It's really the final thing that somebody can never come back at. So that's, it really goes deep, doesn't it? You know, Oh, absolutely. It and it's so powerful. Dark energies all the way to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, I think we all know just how powerful like love really is, you know, and I love how you put that. 
these dark energies, sometimes it's, you know, your angry next door neighbor. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, send love. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It could be your work colleague. Yeah. And it could be, you know, your boss. Um, but what more are they going to come back at is if you just express love to them. Uh, they, there's nothing more that they can uh, really throw at you or anything because you're loving them. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to put up with it. It doesn't mean that you have to stay in a, in a relationship that's toxic and abusive. It just means that you know where your boundaries are, my boundaries are too. Uh, I'm not going to be touched by that because I just send in my love wherever that takes me. Mm. It's trusting in that. It's, it's, I've got a long way to go with it, but I know that I want more of that. And I thought I got it in, in, in a religion. I thought I got that. Yes, I'm going to be, you know, love everyone. But I'm like, no, there's in this side of it, there's so much more and I'm desperate and hungry to show how I can be more loving to mm-hmm. people. How can I do it better? Oh, okay. I love that. Tell us about your up and coming tour next year. So exciting. Oh. <laughs> yes. So I'm doing a tour around Victoria. So all the regional towns, so uh, 20 city or 20 town tour of mediumship, live mediumship demonstrations. So we're going to towns like Bendigo, Shepparton, Ballarat, Melbourne, uh, Geelong, Portland, Mildura, all these different little towns and bigger towns as well to do mediumship and to meet some of my followers on TikTok and be able to see some of the people I've done live readings for on Zoom, meet them in person. Yeah, just be able to just meet some of you guys around Victoria. So yeah, it's going to be my first tour, but I'm really excited because it's just going to be good to just get out there and just see because we've been locked up in this in this year, it'll be great to just go for a, a, a long trip around to see our Victoria as well. So, yeah, uh, I'm very excited. March yes. 1st it starts and we're starting in Swan Hill. So Amazing. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm so excited for you. I know it's going to be amazing. And I hope you post. <laughs> I hope you post regularly about what that, the tour, yeah, what that looks like for you on the tour as well. I hope you share that because I want to I see yes. it. Yes. <laughs> On my Insta story. Yes. That will be fun. <laughs> now, where can we find you? So if anyone wants to book a reading with you or if anyone wants to watch some of your videos, where can we find you? My handles on all of the major ones, Facebook, Instagram, and oh, well, Snapchat I've got now. And TikTok is I'm Kale O'Donnell. So I'm C-A-E-L-O-D-O-N-E-L-L. Or you can just go to kaleodonnell.com. If you want to book a reading, you can go to kaledonald.com as well. And if you put in the code, if you put in the code 15 off, I'll give all of the listeners a 15% off discount as well. So put in 15 off and you can get a discount with a reading with me. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much, Kale. That's so generous of you. How exciting. <laughs> also, I will link to all of those links in the show notes as well. But I have oh, loved this chat with you tonight. Thank you I have so too. Thank you. Much. It's been really refreshing. Yeah, conversation kind of like went into some different areas and I kind of, but you know what? Let's do it. Let's normalize this conversation. Yeah. I love it. And I just, I love talking about this sort of stuff. I love it so much. So yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much, Kale. And we will talk real soon. Thank you so much. Yes. No, thank you. I love that chat and Kale's just got such a beautiful energy. He's just such a vibrant, bright, bubbly personality and I just, I love that energy. I hope you guys enjoyed that chat as well. So if you wanted to connect more with Kale, you can find him over on Instagram at I'm Kale O'Donnell and that's spelled I-M-C-A-E-L 
O-D-O-N-N-E-L-L. Um, and the same handle as that for TikTok as well. So at I'm Kale O'Donnell over at TikTok. You can find him on his website at kaleodonnell.com. And he will be touring Melbourne next year with his tour called Messages from the Dreaming. And that tour starts March 1st and runs until April 16th. And that is around regional parts of Melbourne. So that's all amazing. And he has a couple of workshops he's just launched in the last week as well, coming up for any light workers, any online spiritual psychics, mediums, yeah, Reiki practitioners, anyone in that field. He's released some workshops around that. So check that out. Also, next week, I caught up with a beautiful Gabby and I interviewed Gabby way back on episode three of the podcast, Gabby from Crystal Clear Healing. She will chat with us about the divine feminine as well as sacred womb healing. I cannot wait for you to hear this chat as well. This is this goes deep and I feel like every woman needs to hear this conversation, needs to connect with their divine feminine and I just think this is such an important conversation. So tune in for that one for episode 20. And yeah, I am so grateful for Gabby jumping back on the podcast again for another amazing chat. So until then, have an amazing week. Take care of yourselves. Soak up this beautiful sun or wherever you are. If the weather's changing, just enjoy the changes. There's a lot of changes going on right now. Just enjoy it. Be in the flow. And I will catch you next time for episode 20. If you enjoyed today's show, I would absolutely adore it if you head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review and leave me some love over there as well. Once again, thank you for listening.